AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Brett Johnson with you here on a Tuesday afternoon. And after a little bit of a break, thanks to the 4th of July Independence Day holiday, we are back speaking with Patrick Hulican, who is the editor-in-chief of the Minnesota Reformer, resource for Minnesota news and politics over at minnesotareformer.com. That's minnesotareformer.com, as we are going to be talking about some of the stories that they have been working on. Patrick, thanks so much for coming back on the show today. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. So the first story I wanted to talk about has to do with more controversy with the Minneapolis Police Department, as current Minneapolis Police Chief Brian O'Hara has been facing criticism for his hiring of a former police officer named Tyler Timberlake, who was involved in an excessive force case in Virginia. As back in 2020, Timberlake repeatedly used a stun gun on a disoriented, unarmed black man who had been wandering around a residential street shouting that he needed oxygen. Body camera video also shows that Timberlake then jammed his knee into the man's neck and back while he said he couldn't breathe. This was a big story out on the East Coast because of the many parallels that we had to the police murder of George Floyd, being that this incident in Virginia with Timberlake also took place in 2020. But now questions have arisen since the Minneapolis police chief, Brian O'Hara, actually hired this officer, Timberlake, a while back. O'Hara held a news conference yesterday as he has been trying to, well, basically clean up the Minneapolis police department, but this seems to be kind of a setup, or a setback, rather. So, Patrick, this all kind of started from Dina doing some digging into this guy, Timberlake, who was hiring, who was hired, correct, and then taking a look at his background, correct? Yeah, our reporter, uh, Dina Winter, uh, causing problems, as always. Uh, she got a tip, uh, this is a few months ago, that there was a guy who had been hired uh, by Minneapolis Police Department who had uh, a really ugly incident in his background. And uh, she looked into it, and sure enough, it's the same guy. And uh, there was, as you noted, it was this, this incident was widely covered. Um, in the, certainly the Virginia media and, and really the Washington, D.C. Uh, media, um, local media anyway, um, because it was video. And uh, as the officer, Timberlake, uh, his, his uh, statement here is that he, he mistakenly, he thought the guy was uh, someone else. Uh, he he was terminated uh, by his department and uh, he actually was charged. Um, but he was acquitted by a jury. But if you watch the video, it's uh, it's a pretty striking um, and shocking thing to watch. And uh, it's just hard to believe that you could watch that video and then, and especially with Minneapolis Police Department's uh, uh, ugly history, that they would turn around and hire this guy. So when she first wrote the story, the chief at the time, O'Hara, said, well, I want to investigate how this happens. We need to do a, a top-to-bottom look at how we're hiring people and make sure this never happens again. And then immediately, uh, Dina started hearing from folks, um, from sources who said, well, that's uh, ridiculous for him to say that because he signed off on the hire. And then sure enough, we, she, she asked for and received documents that showed that he had signed off. I mean, his signature is on the, the hiring um, papers. Um, so, but, uh, the, the story has kind of continued because then there was a question of, well, you know, how much did O'Hara know? 
uh, about this guy's background. And, uh, and then in an effort to kind of clean it up yesterday, he, he claims that um, when, yes, he did sit in on the interview, but it was only his second day. And so he was uh, kind of learning about all aspects of the department um, and was not really a participant in the interview, was just an observer and was unaware of the video. Um, so, um, you know, I don't know, you know, who you to believe in this case. Uh, the the department rank and file via the the police federation the union have really come out hard against them and are backing uh, Timberlake who who of course is no longer with the department uh, as of last week um, but definitely uh, a, um, a a sort of bad series of events for the chief of police who by all accounts is reform minded and trying to clean up. Um, the mess that is the Minneapolis Police Department. Uh, I mean, I'm, the, the fact that it was only his second day on the job, which is verifiable, mm-hmm. um, does, I mean, I'm sympathetic to the idea that he was not deeply involved in the hiring of this guy if he was second day on the job. Um, you know, um, yeah, did did someone tell him, like, you know, this guy's got, an ugly history and all you had to do is Google the guy's name, which is what we did. And, and the history all comes up. Um, you know, did somebody tell him about this? Um, he, he says that yes, that, that there was a notation on the, on his application on, on Timberlake's application that he was involved in a critical incident. Um, but that would not be necessarily unusual for a, a police officer who's involved who was uh, anybody with a uh, with a department that uh, that had um, any contact with with pretty serious crime? It would be you would probably it would be uh, not unusual to have been involved in a critical incident. Um, and so that's what O'Hara is saying that um, there were no red flags for him because nobody told him about any kind of video or that the guy had this uh, criminal history the, of which again he was acquitted. Um, so, uh, yeah, not a, uh, not a great, uh, week or so for, uh, Chief O'Hara. We'll see if he can bounce back. Yeah, as you said, uh, it certainly can be sympathetic if his, if the interview was only on his second day of the job, but there are still some questions about what did he know and when did he know it? Because I'm even looking at the, the last paragraph of Dina's story where basically it says personnel documents obtained by the reformer show O'Hara signed the letter offering Timberlake a job as a police officer. But this is what I kind of want to focus on. Key portions of the personnel documents were redacted by city attorneys, such as Timberlake's answers to a question on the application about whether he'd been suspended or terminated from a job in the past decade, and whether he'd been charged with or convicted of crimes. And his reason for leaving the Virginia Police Department where he worked was also redacted from his MPD application. So I think that only kind of leads to even more questions about what exactly O'Hara and the rest of the MPD kind of knew about this guy Timberlake and and when did they know it since a lot of this information seems redacted that could answer a lot of these questions. Yeah, obviously disappointing for us and um, we were in the process of um, taking beginnings of uh, legal action to, to get more documents um, because we believe that we are that uh, that we believe should be public, and the city was fighting us on um, those redactions that you point out are, are uh, pretty important. 
Um, and then it just goes to, you know, the question becomes, did Timberlake, uh, was he truthful? And, you know, when he answered those questions, we're led to believe that he was um, by sources. And then uh, and I guess O'Hara would just say, you know, I mean, how many uh, things is he, does he sign in a given day? Um, and, and how closely is he looking at, I mean, if, if the application is how many pages long, um, you know, is he reading the entire thing? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, maybe you think he, he would be, um, uh, given how important it would, it would be in his position to, to try to hire the absolute best, um, and most ethical officers. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that certainly leaves open, um, leaves a lot of questions uh, unanswered. Uh, those redactions. Uh, we certainly would, would love to see those documents unredacted. So what happens uh, next right now with the Minneapolis Police Department? As I understand it, uh, Timberlake and the police union are not happy about there could be Could there be a threat of legal action for firing Timberlake since they contend that, well, the MPD knew about his past? And then I guess the other question would be, what plans does, uh, does Chief O'Hara have to try to prevent these types of problems from happening again at the department? Well, we have asked, if there was any kind of settlement with Timberlake uh, as part of the uh, separation agreement. Um, and in that case, uh, would there also be a non-disclosure agreement? I mean, is, could we be hearing from Timberlake uh, shortly? Um, we're kind of speculating about it. Certainly Dean has asked him if he wants to talk and he is at this point declined and hung up on her and so forth. But uh, yeah, that's the question is, did the city end up paying out and uh, is, is Timberlake now going to talk uh, about what he claims is a uh, really defamation of his uh, character. Um, and then uh, I, I'm pretty sure this series of events has created a lot of motivation for O'Hara to get control over the hiring process. You can read more about Dina's great reporting on this story over at minnesotareformer.com, minnesotareformer.com. I want to move on now to another story that has to do with a member of the state legislature being charged with a DWI. DFL State Representative Dan Wolgamott, who represents a St. Cloud district, was recently arrested on suspicion of DWI in Canaba County, which is a little bit north of the Twin Cities. What do we know so far about this case and the charges against Wolgamott? Yeah, um, I mean, the first thing that uh, that came to my mind when I, when I heard this uh, yesterday morning uh, before we were able to confirm it was that I was really not terribly surprised um, just because you hear things, uh, when you're, when you're around the Capitol, um, as much as I have been and, and not things that you necessarily can report. Um, but, um, I know that, uh, Wolgamon went through what, what I suspect was a, was a difficult divorce. Um, and there was, uh, an incident, um, that I had, uh, learned of last year, uh, that we, we asked him about, um, that we ended up not reporting because it just uh, didn't amount to news, but he had crashed his car on an icy evening. Um, and then uh, he walked away from it. 
he crashed into somebody's yard and then just walked away from it and uh, was ticketed with abandoning the vehicle. I thought that was kind of a strange thing to happen. And um, we asked him about it. He said he'd not been drinking. Um, and so there was really nothing for us to report. Um, people get tickets. Uh, legislators get, uh, you know, traffic tickets all the time. And generally speaking, it doesn't rise to the level of news story. Um, but the the details in his uh, this DWI citation are um, pretty disturbing. Um, he was apparently spotted, uh, according to the report, uh, outside of a liquor store at 6 p.m. on Friday, uh, spotted drinking, and, and somebody called uh, police, who then uh, tracked him down down the road. Um, so that's, uh, you know, drinking in a parking lot, if that's uh, true, drinking in a liquor store parking lot, if that's true, um, you know, that's, um, that's pretty risky behavior, uh, reckless behavior, um, on the part of anyone, but especially a lawmaker. So, um, I suspect that, uh, there's going to be a bit more, um, that we're going to, uh, learn about this, um, because he's probably going to have to uh, take some steps to uh, to better manage uh, his life right now, from, just based on the report that uh, that we saw the, uh, yesterday. Yeah, I'm with you that in the coming days and weeks, we're probably going to be learning much more about this situation. And finally, wanted to talk about one more story, and that has to do with unionized Starbucks baristas beginning a bus tour in St. Paul in hopes of bringing the Starbucks company to the negotiating table. And that's because despite the fact that Starbucks has had 300 stores nationwide, including a number in Minnesota, set up unions, Starbucks has not negotiated a collective bargaining agreement with any of these unions. So... How have these workers been saying Starbucks has been trying to kind of thwart these union efforts? Obviously, not going to the negotiating table with the collective bargaining agreement is certainly one way, but it sounds like, uh, according to a number of these baristas, that Starbucks has been putting in a number of efforts to try to uh, thwart the activities of the unions that have been set up. Yeah, I mean, I I think we've seen um, over the decades, probably the last five decades, um, the, the decline in, of uh, unionization uh, in the United States. And um, one reason is that it's just, it's very difficult. Uh, you, you very often will have to, to win an election and the company has a lot of advantages in that election. Um, and then once you, if you're able to, uh, to emerge victoriously out of that election, um, now you've actually got to uh, force them to, yeah, got to get that first contract, which, which can be incredibly difficult. The companies will just absolutely refuse, um, and uh, that's what's uh, happening here. I mean, the uh, one of the organizers uh, who works in a Minneapolis store just says they're they're just completely refusing to negotiate. That is the the company, um, and so they're trying to whip up support uh, for. Um, the the unionization drive um and uh you know i i think they have um, a, a a lot of um customers of goodwill and uh want to support that uh unionization um and so i think they're trying to um to rally the the, 
the customer base to their side. Well, you can read more about Max's reporting on that, Max Nesterak, over at minnesotareformer.com. As we are just about out of time, we have been visiting with Patrick Kulikan, who is the editor-in-chief of the Minnesota Reformer, about some of the stories they've been working on. Again, make sure you go over to minnesotareformer.com. Patrick, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Always good chatting with you. Always a pleasure. And let's take a break and send things back over to Matt McNeil on AM 950.